Hi there, this is Brian Barnett with The Last Symptom. When I started The Last Symptom, I never in a million years imagined it would grow as it has. In these early shows especially, audio quality was often iffy, and there were references to services or online groups that are outdated and no longer in use. Great improvements have been made. Where should you go for all of the most up-to-date resources that I offer? TheLastSymptom.com is my permanent website full of free resources where everything is always up to date and that I encourage you to refer back to often. There are also a few modest paid resources at TheLastSymptom.com. These support my efforts and have allowed The Last Symptom to exist for as long as it has. These include one-on-one phone conversations with me one-on-one Zoom video calls with me, and perhaps most importantly, the Last Symptom Fundamentals course, which is a two-week, intensive, pre-recorded online video course that is far superior to things like DBT. The Last Symptom has a flourishing YouTube and Rumble channel where I publish regular orange slices, which are condensed video insights of five or ten minutes in length. If you're just now discovering the last symptom, welcome. I hope you will find every insight and resource you need here for authentic and permanent recovery from emotional disorders such as borderline personality disorder. Now on to the show. Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental health nor emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he has gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as they individually and personally choose while accepting full responsibility for their own individual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you are acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome back to The Last Symptom. I'm Brian Barnett, and I'm happy to have you here. Do I have any news for you? Well, my new cat, Walden, who was a stray I picked up from the pizza shop several weeks back, he has taken to peeing around the house. And uh, I'm having a heck of a time convincing him that this is not what he wants to do. It all started when I put in a different litter in his litter box. The litter was on sale, (laughs) so I bought it. And Walden just, he ain't a fan. So while cleaning his box, I realized that this litter creates a lot of dust. And so I reckon he doesn't like breathing that dust when he's in his box pawing around in there. So back to the old litter. And uh, I also got another litter box, put that downstairs, just to make it convenient for him. And that hasn't totally worked yet. My final thought is that the cats in the neighborhood are probably all in heat. I think that's what the problem is. I think all the cats in the neighborhood are in heat. And it's probably driving him all kooky. Because he's not a fixed cat yet. And he's been meowing about and doing a lot of pacing. So I'm going to guess that this has something to do with it as well. 
the females in the neighborhood driving him nuts. We'll see. Otherwise, I can't brag on this cat enough. He's one of the most naturally sweet as apple pie animals I've ever owned. My dog Bradbury's sweet. Don't get don't get me wrong. But Braddy is an ornery kind of sweet. And Walden is more of a Winnie the Pooh kind of sweet. Alrighty, enough about my animals. What else do I got going on? Let's talk about what borderline personality disorder is and what it is not. Borderline personality disorder is one of the natural consequences that happen when emotionally unhealthy parents consistently invalidate their children's feelings. They do this in all sorts of subtle and not so subtle ways. See, the parents' attitudes toward feelings are unhealthy. So they treat their children's feelings in ways that reflect their own unhealthy attitudes and poor understanding of feelings. As a result of this, young children come to the only logical conclusion that they can come to. My feelings must be inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth. It's a totally logical conclusion that they, they arrive at. This is an example of a passed down emotional disorder, pitiful education by unqualified teachers. A child can't grow up in an emotionally unhealthy environment and emerge as an emotionally healthy adult. That's impossible. The message is carried along by the parents' subtle and not-so-subtle attitudes. That's what we learn. Now, sexual abuse and traumas can also carry these messages. For example, a child who is sexually abused can hear the same message. Your feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth. Because, see, if your feelings mattered, I wouldn't be sexually abusing you, would, would I? I wouldn't be doing this thing to you that you really, really dislike. But it's important to reject the idea that it is the sexual abuse in itself which causes borderline personality disorder. Why? Why do I say that? Why is it important to reject the idea that abuse itself causes the disorder? Because not only is this not the reality, but when you settle on the abuse itself as the cause of your disorder, there's nothing you can do about that, see? When you mentally settle upon the understanding that a thing in your past is the cause and that it altered you, that it changed you, there's no going back in a time machine and changing that. This means you're damning yourself to a lifetime of living that way, as damaged. Fortunately, the reality is that traumas, abuses, and events are not the cause of borderline personality disorder. Despite any information you might find on the subject, traumas, abuses, and events are not the cause of borderline personality disorder. Rather, it is the messages that these things communicated. 
Ah, now we're getting somewhere, you see. Because a message is something you have the power to identify and reject. Now do you see the subtle but enormous importance between viewing the abuse as the cause or the messages that those abuses and traumas communicated? To focus on the abuse and the traumas is total misdirection. As long as you're doing that, you'll be stuck with the disorder forever. So you have to make that correction that it was not the abuse and it wasn't the trauma. It was the messages that those things communicated. So everything we've just described is emotional disorder. Just take the distorted core belief at the root of borderline personality disorder. My feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth. What is the opposite of that distorted core belief or erroneous fundamental certainty which emotionally healthy people live with? It's this. My feelings inherently matter and they are never good or bad, right or wrong. Let me repeat that. Healthy pe- emotionally healthy people live with the subconscious certainty my feelings inherently matter and they're never good or bad, right or wrong. This is the fundamental certainty that emotionally healthy people live with which influences their entire approach to everything they do in life. You see, it's the total opposite to the one folks with BPD live with. The fact that people with borderline personality disorder live with this subconscious core belief that is the opposite of what healthy people enjoy, the result of that is mayhem. And what's another word for mayhem? Disorder. (laughs) So they're going along in life applying reasoning and approaches that are at total odds with the reality they're living in. This creates disorder. Imagine an orchestra where all the instruments are in harmony. Everybody's playing Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Yet there's a girl in the orchestra who thinks they're playing Guns N' Roses' Welcome to the Jungle. She is totally out of sync with what is going on around her. Her misunderstanding of the nature of her environment is creating great disorder. So borderline personality disorder, because it's merely the natural results of a subconscious misconception about the nature of our feelings, is correctly called an emotional disorder. It's not a mental illness. Mental illness is when one's mental faculties are not functioning correctly. You see, the mental faculties themselves are ill. You can't reason your way out of a mental illness. You can't reason your way out of hearing voices or seeing things that don't exist because your mind's very ability to reason is infirm. People who are only dealing with borderline personality disorder are not mentally ill. 
Your capacity to reason operates perfectly well. Your emotional education is simply built on false pretenses. And because we live ignorant of this fact, our lives suffer the natural resulting effects, that is to say, disorder. Now imagine your piano teacher teaches you how to read and play just a few notes incorrectly. She teaches you everything else just fine. But then there's just a few notes that she teaches you to play incorrectly. Is it fair or even accurate to say that you are mentally ill if you go on to play music wrong? No, you're playing the music exactly the way you were taught. And at some point you could have an epiphany that your understanding of these notes must be incorrect based on how the musical arrangement as a whole never seems to completely harmonize. You could fix entire musical scores. Really, your whole approach to music could be cured by simply identifying which notes you were taught incorrectly and educating yourself about them accurately. So back to the primary distorted core belief of the disorder. What is it? That your feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth. The very nature of shame, which is the feeling of humiliating repugnance, of being exposed against our will in a way that makes us hate ourselves. It means we don't share things with others that we're ashamed of. Rather, we do everything in our power to not allow others to see those parts of us. And when others do see those parts of us anyway, it's a traumatic experience for us. It, you know, it crushes us. So think about the reality of what this means. We're not talking about a freckle or bad breath here now. We're instead talking about one's very feelings. So people with borderline personality disorder do everything in their power to hide their genuine feelings, which is another way of saying their true personality. They do this no matter who they're with, and they even do it with they themselves. This might be a surprise to you. You even do it to yourself. They reject their own selves. They turn their back on their authentic selves and instead try to pretend it away. They mimic personality traits that they subconsciously believe will be more readily embraced and accepted by others. And that even they themselves like more than their, than their genuine selves and feelings. So can genuine intimacy ever exist with this sort of behavior and thinking? No, it can't. And the person with the disorder has been rejecting all genuine intimacy since he or she was four or five years old anyway. Because he or she carries around this terror of ever letting their genuine feelings be revealed to others. They're certain that this is going to result in rejection. See, if you, if you feel a repugnance and shame toward your own feelings, and you believe that this is the natural nature of your feelings, then you are also secretly certain that other people are going to have the same feelings toward your feelings as you do. That they also are going to be repulsed by it. They're also going to feel that repugnance. This means that all people with the disorder are walking around with tremendous, incredibly powerful, 
intimacy deficiency. Intimacy happens to be a human need. No, it's not just a luxury. It's a human need. And anytime humans are deficient in a need, they suffer great negative effects. What happens to a child when, from the age of four, has been rejecting their own genuine feelings? Well, for people who grow up emotionally healthy, their feelings and personality are allowed out in the open. Their feelings and personality interact with other personalities and feelings out in the world. And as these people physically grow and mature, so do their personalities. Their feelings mature and become better adapted to childhood life, then adolescent life, then adult life. You see? This is the maturing process. But back to the child with borderline personality disorder. He or she has not allowed their genuine personality out in the open to interact with life and with other personalities. Their authentic feelings have been pushed down and hidden and denied. This goes on, becomes a strict way of life, and do their personalities mature? No, they don't. They remain stunted. Just as vitamin deficiency can cause stunted physical growth, intimacy deficiency creates stunted emotional and personality growth. But I got good news for you. Unlike stunted physical growth, stunted emotional growth can be fixed just fine. So no worries. Once a person authentically begins to recover from borderline personality disorder, their personalities and emotions finally have the chance to begin maturing, and the process doesn't take 50 years. It can happen relatively quickly. Now, to finish today's broadcast, let's take a look at a couple of words that are often used in our discussions and just analyze them for a second, real briefly. Fine-tune our understanding of them. Ignorance. I use that word a lot when I'm talking about the state of things for people with borderline personality disorder. I say that they are ignorant. Ignorance simply means that you're operating with a lack of information, either intentionally or unintentionally. This has no effect whatsoever on your capacity to reason, but it does have an effect on your ability to reach accurate conclusions and make decisions with all the available facts. So when we talk about people with borderline personality disorder living in a state of ignorance, that's what we're talking about. They're operating with a lack of information. So let's say that you go into Walmart, all right? And you're operating with the understanding that Walmart, um, that Walmart does not accept credit cards, let's say. So every time you go to Walmart, you're operating under that understanding. Walmart does not accept credit cards. So every time you go to Walmart, this means you have to go to the ATM machine and withdraw some cash before you go to the store. And then when you go to the store, you're prepared to pay with cash every time. But the reality is that Walmart does accept credit cards. You see how your behavior was affected unnecessarily based on the understanding that you're using every time you go to Walmart. It has affected your behavior. 
your ignorance has affected your behavior. But once you learn that Walmart has always accepted credit cards, you're no longer ignorant. Now your behavior and your shopping experience can be affected to more accurately represent the reality of the situation. Now you don't have to go to the ATM every time you want to go shopping at Walmart. So ignorance can affect us in profound ways. It can, it can affect our entire approach to things. But once we come out of ignorance, then we can adapt to the reality of the situation. All right, so now we got an understanding of ignorance and why it's relevant and how, it can, how powerful it can be. Now let me bring up the term normal, since it is also often misused. Normal is a relative term. And since it's a relative term, it's completely useless in the context of making comparisons between those with borderline personality disorder and those without. If you'll notice, I don't say, I don't compare uh, people with borderline personality disorder to normal people. I always say emotionally healthy people or emotionally unhealthy people. You see, if 9 million people are emotionally unhealthy and only 100 are emotionally healthy, which group defines normal? The emotionally unhealthy group. So what we're interested in, what people really mean by using the term normal is this. Is a person emotionally healthy? Not are they normal or not normal? So uh, let's clear that up moving forward. There is no such thing as normal or not normal. There's healthy and unhealthy. The, the term normal has no use for us, has no use for us in our discussions here about emotional health. So I want to thank you all for joining me today. I have enjoyed our time together. I hope you'll join me again next week. In the meantime, don't eat yellow snow. Enjoy your week. Be kinder and more patient with yourself than anybody else will be. By being kind and patient with yourself, you're going to find that you'll naturally be kinder and more patient with others as a result. Take care. I'll see you on Thursday.